In this episode, the television presenter using her time in lockdown to improve her Spanish while also trying her hand at Hindi as she dreams of future trips. Welcome to the World Nomads podcast. We'll be keeping you up to date with travel alerts, information about coronavirus, and sharing some uplifting news and views to inspire you and keep you smiling. Hi, it's Kim and Phil with you. And learning a language was, Phil, and is popular still among nomads doing their best to satisfy their wanderlust during lockdown. Yeah, look, there's lots of ways you can learn a language, but Rosetta Stone is an app that offers 23 language learning programs. And they recently did some research which has found language learning is on the rise from 23% before the coronavirus pandemic to 28% during lockdown. You've got to do something with your time, right? Yeah. 45% said the desire to meet new people is the number one reason for learning a new language. And the figure rises to 62% among the 16 to 24-year-olds who are bitten by the travel bug and desperate to form friendships around the world with curiosity heightened, of course, in the past few months. Yeah, obviously. Now, travel TV presenter Alex Outhwaite has spent her time in lockdown, as we said, brushing up on her Spanish through Rosetta Stone. But otherwise, how is she coping with lockdown in the UK? Well, it's <laughs> it started to ease a little bit now, but, I mean, it was hard for all of us at the beginning, of course, wasn't it? But for a travel lover... I've been I've been stuck. This has been the longest that I've actually spent in London, probably since I've moved here, to be honest. I'm probably normally spending about seven months of the year out of the country. Um, sometimes only back for a couple of days to basically repack my rucksack and then head off again. So this has been a big change for me, to be honest. Yeah, look, tell us about your travel. When did you get into travelling? Because, you, like you say, you go seven months of the year. You've ticked off a few countries, haven't you? <laughs> I never like to say ticked off countries because there's always more to explore. Um, but, yeah, I've, I think I've been to about 70-something now, actually. Um, I'd actually thank my parents for getting me into travel. I'd always spend quite a lot of time away with them when I was a kid. And as soon as I started to earn my own money, it was traveling that I wanted to spend it on. In fact, with my first proper paycheck, I used to teach swimming when I was a teenager. And I ended up going to Dahab and diving. So I went on a big Red Sea dive holiday. So that was the first, first thing I spent my money on. And I've been fortunate enough to turn it into a TV career. Um, so I've actually started working for a channel called Travel XP, which is based out of Mumbai, but they're in about 30 countries now. And I started working for them about seven years ago and turned it into a, like I said, a TV career, but also on the social media side. So I do a lot of YouTube videos and content creation for tourist boards as well. Can I just thank you for pointing out that you don't tick a country off because we just say that, you know, off the top of our head and we get a lot of people with, that we chat to that that say, oh, I've ticked that off. Um, but, you know, if I said oh, I've ticked Greece off, well, I haven't. I haven't even scratched the surface. You know, I've been there. So I, know, I understand the phrase, of course, and I'm, I'm sure at some point I've, I've probably used it as well. But we're, you know, we're fortunate enough to visit a new place. But, of course, what, yeah, what does ticking it off mean? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because it can be, you know, you can go back a year later or two years later and it's different again. Exactly. So what is it you get out of travel? Oh, this is probably going to sound really cheesy, but quite a few years back I was thinking, I don't know what my purpose is. That <laughs> that really does sound cheesy. But I just didn't know what I wanted to to get out of life and 
what it was that would make me happy. And I found that travel was actually just something that it, it, it makes me so happy because I'm able to meet new people every day. I'm able to have new experiences. I just don't want to live a life where each day is the same and travel continues my education. I'm always learning. And I think certainly as adults, we, we don't learn new skills as often. And travel is a way that I can learn new things about the world, new, learn new things about myself as well, even. So what have you been doing, Alex, to stay in touch with and exploring the culture of other countries while you've been in ISO? I've tried to be quite productive, actually. Uh, tried being the key word there. Um, but I've got a lot of friends in different countries now, I'm fortunate enough. And I've been speaking on a lot of Zoom chats with people abroad, as I'm sure we all have. Uh, but I've actually been trying to learn Spanish with Rosetta Stone because I've got a lot of friends in Central America, um, El Salvador and Honduras particularly. Of course, it would be better if I'm actually able to communicate in Spanish as opposed to just being a lazy Brit and, and trying to speak in, um, in English all the time. Um, I've also been cooking a lot, which probably means I've been eating too much too. But I think food is definitely one of the ways that we can appreciate other cultures. I'm not a chef, of course, but I'm a keen cook and I've been trying to recreate some dishes that I've learned abroad uh, back home. You are such a world nomad. They are sort of the things that we love to talk about as well. I've been eating Mongolian beef and a couple of Japanese dishes, but during the day I'm on lady shakes just to get rid of the, <laughs> the ISO rolls. So Rosetta Stone, you mentioned it. Tell us what it is. Um, so Rosetta Stone is a language learning company. Um, so you can learn on your desktop, but I've actually been learning on my app. Um, and the reason for this is because I can just do it on the move. So especially now lockdown is starting to ease a little bit. I can be out and about in the park. We're now allowed to go in the park. We're very lucky. Um, so I can actually just go out and sit on my phone and I can use the, um, the app. And it's fully immersive, which means that everything that you see and everything that you hear is in the language that you're trying to learn, which, of course, is the way it would be if you were traveling anyway. So it's good practice for when you're or when we're able to travel again. Yeah, that immersive style is great, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I learned French at school. Whenever I've been in France, those neurons reconnect really, really quickly and, and the language comes back. And, and because you don't have a choice, you've got to speak French or die, basically. Exactly. I think sometimes it's just a bit about kind of confidence and practice as well. And it's been good to just build up a little bit of confidence. In fact, I actually had a trip to Ecuador last year, just after I started learning. Usually, I mean, we're fortunate enough as English speakers that when we go to other countries, people can often speak English. But suddenly I found myself in rural Ecuador where my Spanish suddenly became the only way that I could communicate. And if I hadn't been, you know, practicing even just 10 minutes here and there, I wouldn't have been able to to get by, really. You, you talk about confidence and, you know, I have some phrases up my sleeve and I always make sure before I go to a country that I know how to say, you know, hello, thank you, goodbye, delicious, whatever it may be. But I'm really, really conscious of throwing in the accent there. So in France, as an example, Phil, you said your high school France. French comes yes. back. In France, yeah, I, I will find myself going, merci. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which, 
you know, they'd be looking at me thinking, what are you saying? Please stop murdering my language. (laughs) Exactly. I just lack the confidence to put that little bit of messi or messi or whatever the the French into it. (laughs) Have you found that or talked about that with your your friends? To, To be honest, I think certainly in countries where they maybe don't see tourists quite so frequently, people do seem to appreciate you trying, even if it is a bit of a mercy. <laughs> um, I think they do realise that you're that you're trying and you're trying to immerse yourself in the culture and the language. So I would say, I would say go for it, even if you're not quite confident enough with your accent. Um, like we said, by the time you're actually in a country for a while and practising every day, then it's only going to get better. It can't possibly get worse. <laughs> There's no coming back from that, is there? <laughs> so, do you think it's important for people to learn a, a language when they're they're heading to a country or planning on travelling? I think it's important for a few a few reasons. Firstly, if you're wanting to immerse yourself in a culture, obviously, learning the language is one of the best ways that you can do that. Even with the Spanish that I've got from learning for a short while, I've been able to meet people and have experiences that I wouldn't have been able to have unless I had a at least basic understanding of Spanish. Secondly, I think, as I said before, we don't learn as many things, like new things when we're adults. When you're a child, you're always learning new things. And, and as an adult, we, we're a bit too busy. We tend not to. And I think there's a lot of joy to be to be had from learning a new skill. Now, you've got a pretty uh, extensive YouTube channel of your own as well. Where are some of the best places that you've been to while you've been shooting those videos? I was actually very surprised by Uzbekistan. It was somewhere that, if I'm honest, I didn't really know that much about. Um, And until a year ago, it was quite difficult to get a visa. You had to go to the embassy um, and apply. And it wasn't just a visa on arrival, which we've been become used to um, as, as Brits now in a lot of places. And it honestly just blew me away for so many reasons. The landscapes in the mountains were just absolutely incredible. Some of the the most beautiful sites that I've seen and equally the architecture, because of course it used to be part of the, the Silk Route. So the most magnificent buildings and some of these are UNESCO sites and there wasn't really anyone there. And there's something nice to be to be said about visiting a place when there's only maybe three or four of you around and it's not just uh, Instagrammers queuing up for photos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember when we spoke to Simon Monk and he was talking about his travels through the stands as well and he said he didn't pay for a meal for days on end because he kept being stopped in the street and invited in for cups of tea and, and a meal. Did that happen to you too? It happened actually when I was in Pakistan recently. Um, I'd been told about the hospitality of people in Pakistan and I experienced it firsthand. I'd be walking along and someone would run out of their house with fresh juice, kind of running towards me, like, please, please, um, like, welcome to our country. I just thought you would not get that in Europe. You wouldn't have <laughs> people going out of their way to be kind to you. Um, it, it did in Uzbekistan as well. I remember sitting on a wall and I was just kind of admiring the uh, the buildings nearby and somebody came out carrying a cushion and we didn't speak the same language, but they kind of gestured and they wanted me to sit on this cushion because I was there in December and it was it was cold and they wanted to make sure that I wasn't uncomfortable. And they didn't want money. They didn't want even necessarily conversation. They were just being a really lovely person. 
Isn't that lovely? How do you get around, I mean, you know, especially when you're filming stuff as well, how do you get, do you bother with, you know, permits and things or do you just, you know, you're just a traveller when you go in or do you have any trouble? How do you approach going into somewhere? It's a, it depends really. If I'm working with the TV channel, then it's not very conspicuous really. So we uh, have to go along the permit route. For example, we were filming in South Africa a while ago and we had to have a carnet to take all the equipment in because if it's over, if it's worth over a certain amount, you need you need the permits, really. Otherwise, it looks like you're importing um, filming equipment. If I'm on my own filming for YouTube, then I tend to go down the route of do it first, ask questions later. <laughs> um, I mean, sometimes, so for example, I was filming in, in San Salvador and... It was just a vlog for YouTube, and it's actually turned out to be one of my most successful vlogs. It's got about 1.3 million views now in the past year. But I just filmed that on a GoPro because I just wanted to get kind of stuck in with the markets and meet a few local people. And I didn't want to turn up with all the equipment and make a big song and dance out of it. It was just, let's get some shots. Certainly didn't ask for permission there. I do with people, though. I'd like to say that. Obviously, if I'm interacting with people, I do not just go and stick my camera in people's faces. And I think that's really important to say, because some people don't want to be on camera, of course. So I'd always make sure I got permission from people before filming if they were cooking or something, of course. Have you got any advice for people that want to try and follow in your footsteps? I get a, a lot of messages like this, obviously. And what I usually say to people is start local. Because, of course, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to live in London at the moment. And for me, London is just home. But for people not living in the UK, London is exciting and um, interesting and they want to see videos from here. So start in your hometown. You can use whatever equipment you have. Like I just said, you don't need to have an expensive camera. I've filmed some some vlogs for YouTube that have done quite well that have just been on a, on a phone. So don't worry about the, the cost of it. You can use your mobile phone. Start in your hometown and build from there, really. And getting back to the point of understanding some of the language from the country that you're going to, with Rosetta Stone, is it easy? Yeah, it, it, it starts a little bit differently to how we learned languages when we were at school. Um, I mean, you touched on that before when you were learning French at school and and I think I did French at school as well. And I think just the way that you learn the language in a classroom, I don't think it works for a lot of people. Rosetta Stone does, I mean, the, the reason it's kind of stood the test of time is because it has worked for people, um, partly due to the immersive nature, like I said before, but just in terms of what it teaches you at the beginning, it's more practical. Uh, I mean, I learned at school how to describe my bedroom and I don't know about you guys, but I don't normally go around telling people what my bedroom looks like. Yeah, just I, in, I actually in, advise against that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Do you know when we learnt, for the first words we learnt were no and yes and and knowing yes was we, I used to giggle. Oh, <laughs> you child. I was 11. <laughs> So whenever we had to say we, I thought that was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> I remember my very first French lesson at school, actually, and we were 11, I think, and the teacher came in and said, uh, allo, which of course means ready, are we ready? And the whole class went, allo, like that, and waved back. <laughs> Have you ever seen that Facebook meme of the um, English girl whose name is Gemma Pell? 
and it's like as she introduces herself in France, Jim Appel, Jim Appel. Jim Appel, yeah, Jim Appel Camille. That's it, my name is Kim. It's coming back. How cool is that? I need to get to France, but the frustrating thing is we can't. Have you learned any other languages apart from Spanish? Um, I'd actually like to learn Hindi before I work quite a lot in India and I have a lot of Indian friends and that should certainly be something that I I put my time into uh, when I've got a little bit more time in the future because I think it would just be it'd be fun and it would be helpful as well. I've only got like a couple of phrases that I know in Hindi at the moment and I certainly need to extend my portfolio of phrases for next time I go back. Last, last question then. Obviously, lockdown restrictions starting to come off. You must be planning your next trip. I'm always planning trips. Uh, but yeah, at the moment, I'm hoping to go to Georgia at some point soon when we're allowed to. Um, I mean, it was one of the first countries in Europe to start lifting its lockdown and allowing foreign tourists in. And I get the impression they're trying to almost rebrand themselves as um, a new up and coming tourist destination because they perhaps weren't on the map for a lot of people in terms of tourism. And it's somewhere I haven't been. And I'm always keen to visit new destinations for me. So it's on my bucket list as well. After we did an oh, episode about Georgia, you got to yeah. listen to our episode about Georgia. It sounds fantastic. Well, Phil said that was the last question, but where can we go for more information on Rosetta Stone? Um, you can visit rosettastone.co.uk. And it's also available in the US and we'll have all the links and all the info you need in show notes. And to get in touch with us, email podcast at worldnomads.com. And, look, and don't forget to share and subscribe to the World Nomads Travel Podcast from wherever you get the favorite, your favourite pods. And can you give us a bit of a rating as well? Maybe leave some comments if you like us or hate us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ratings are good because then we get the word out, right? Yeah, absolutely. Next episode, another TV host who's also an adventurer and he's stranded in Turkey with a little, little adopted kitten. Oh, cute. Bye. Cute. Bye. The World Nomads Podcast. Explore your boundaries.